podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 396 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring, hello everyone. And and we we have a fairly regular show uh, for you guys. Um, Sounds like... We do, we have, we have two reviews. Uh, we have a review of uh, the... Um, Tom Clancy film uh, without remorse uh, that has arrived on 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 the Amazons, uh, and as well we have a review that we didn't even discuss doing, but we just kind of just we're, we're that much of a horned machine that we all just kind of knew it was right and are watched we, it. Are we horned? Yeah, we got a review of the Mitchells and the Machines, <laughs> and then we've got your usual trailers, tangents, news, what you've been watching, and other assorted things. Um, I'm going to take now to say we are a pod syndicate podcast. You're um, very hand movement I'm always very hand movement mm. um, And you can find other great podcasts there, including His Film, Her Movie, Chin Shrugger vs. Punter, Beyond the Neon, Entertainment Landfill, uh, The Iron Sequel, and others, including The Rewatch Project and The Bonus Shows, uh, which you guys recorded uh, your final episode, didn't you, of um, There and Back? It was there and Back again, yes. The, back again. Uh, it was very high energy. It was super high energy. It was hype. Was it? Really hype, yeah. Was it? Or was it three? Was it just three people going, I can't believe we just sat through nine and a bit hours of movies that we don't like? You have to listen I to think, that way. Yeah, listen to see how many times Jord apologises. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look forward to listening to this. I'm going to try. I'll, it's my, I think as soon as it comes out, it's my good morning work. Uh, well, it's the, it's the Hobbit work. film you've actually seen, Mark, so you might actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> it is, and, and seriously, all I remember is, is is a bit of it that the higher frame rate. There's a bit. There's a scene where like they're on like horses or something horse adjacent. Uh, the um, what's it one? The she's a bit of a knobhead, but she's quite hot. What's she called? Evangeline. Evangeline. Yeah. Um, there's only like one real female character in the but movie, she but so. she came out didn't she and and, and and was very anti-lockdowns and all that lot until she re- until until clearly someone from fucking marvel rang her up and went stop it and she went okay yeah um and but there's a bit where they're, they're on like little is, is it horses or is it like hobbit horses or something like that can you like imagine Shetland ponies. Short and stumpy, a hobbit hobbit. Um, they were not there elves, are they? Maybe. She's not a hobbit lady. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway, they're on those. And because of the higher frame rate, they're in the distance, like running up some kind of hill thing. And honestly, it looks like somebody has pictures of them on sticks and is bouncing <laughs> them up and down. <laughs> but yeah, but that's about all I remember from it. Uh, but you can catch that. You can catch Becky, and you can catch Ian, and you can catch Jord chatting about that over on the bonus feed there. So, also, if you want to hear more of us, then you can chat to, you can listen to us, sorry, or, or at Patreon, uh, and you can go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my housekeeping sorted out. Ian, what's been happening in the old movie news this week? Well, don't know. 
I just wanted to see how that landed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I got the oh shit. <laughs> uh, no, so um, yeah, it, uh, interesting. Um, Apple have got another Tom Hanks film, which is a shorter thrill. Tom Hanks, who was very, very, very pumped about Greyhound going straight to a streamer. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is um, so it was a film that was originally called BIOS. Um, which was going to be a universal film coming out in August in the cinema, but it's now been retitled Finch. Um, yeah. Um, it, it, interesting. This, um, a man, robot and dog form an unlikely family as the man tries to ensure his beloved canine companion will be cared, cared for after he's gone. Um, Hanks stars is Finch a robotics engineer and one of the few survivors of a cataclysmic solar event that has left the world a wasteland. Finch, who has been living in an underground bunker for a decade, has built a world of his own that he shares with his dog, Goodyear. He creates a robot played by um, Scuzzy Scuzzington's own Caleb Landry-Jones to watch over Goodyear when he no longer can. As the trio embark on a perilous journey into a desolate American West, Finch strives to show his creation the joy and wonder of what it means to be alive. It's going to make me cry now. Whoa, right. Right. I am, I am quite pumped for this. It's by the director of Repo Men. Yeah. It's got Caleb Landry-Jones as a robot yeah. called Jeff. Yeah. And it's the return of Ski Ulrich. Oh, amazing. Oh, you know he's going to play a crusty, dusty, dodgy, post-apocalypse bad guy, don't you? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I am I am actually very much looking forward to this. It, it, if you were to describe all of that film, right, and say that, oh, it's a film, just give the plot synopsis that you gave, and then said, it's by the guy who directed Repo Men, it's got Caleb Landry-Jones as a robot... And it's got um, Laura Harrier in there, and you've got Skeet Ulrich as a guy just called Sam. I'm not even going to tell you what he's about. You'd be going, oh, I know what that looks like. Oh, yeah, and Tom Hanks is in it. You'd be like, sorry, what? <laughs> Tom Hanks in a movie directed by the guy who directed Repo Men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, I mean, to be. It's absolutely a why not moment. To be fair, he so like Repo Man came out massive bomb, and then he did work in TV and he directed some of the like more popular Game of Thrones episodes. Um, and it's it's nice to see someone channeling that into what looks to be a good project because uh, like bless him, Neil Marshall completely fucked the dog with his Game of Thrones goodwill. What did he ply that into? Hellboy. And that film that he directed that stars his missus, who was in some sort of dodgy scandal, which resulted in the ousting of a chairman of Warner Brothers. Yeah, there was some oddness to that one, wasn't there? Yeah, like I, yeah, th- some interesting things happened there, and it was a little bit like was was Neil Marshall involved in the blackmail of the chairman of Warner Brothers Pictures? Like it kind of went there. Yeah, um, it did a little bit, didn't it? It's it, fucking surreal. Yeah, there's, there's things that, about, about that and, and about um, Neil Marshall's um, 
<laughs> life that we should maybe we shouldn't discuss on a podcast <laughs> yeah 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 it's prob- probably for the best and uh i mean hellboy went well didn't it apparently him and david harbour were basically at each other's throats the entire time so uh brilliant it, it, it's odd how neil marshall went from like dog soldiers and the descent and then doomsday which everybody hated apart from people who saw it that wanted to see it so critics hated it but everybody who paid to go and see it because they wanted to see it fucking loved it (laughs) and it is fucking great because it contains a cannibal singing about eating somebody to good thing by fine young cannibals it's perfection yeah um but then after that it's just been just a just a, a, a fucking rolling ball of crap. <laughs> Bex just sounded like she hasn't seen Doomsday. Am I right? No, I haven't. No. You have seen Doomsday. Yeah. You'd you'd fucking love Doomsday. You you do love Doomsday. You're gonna look at it and go, oh yeah, I have yeah. Doomsday. Rather Mitchell, is it? Yeah, Radha Mitchell is basically Snake Plissken in a, mm. a it, you know, it, it starts off as Escape from New York, turns into Aliens, becomes a fucking mental medieval film and ends with some Mad Max. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it really does. It doesn't hide the fact that it is just ripping off all of those films, does it? No, not at all. We will watch it this week, Bex, but I promise oh, I've watched it. Oh, God, it's Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell's Lives in a Castle. Yeah. Yes, I've yeah. seen that. I fucking love that film, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can we still watch it this week, though? Yeah, we can still watch it this week. Um, oh, I might watch that. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. What... <laughs> retro review. Uh, <laughs> what else? Are we doing a retro review of Doomsday next week? Yeah. Yeah, it would appear like we are. Oh, that... Yes. And I think we're all kind of really quite up for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how much is that on Blu-ray? Oh. Also, I think isn't it? Um, was it like Bob Hoskins' last movie? It was. It must be getting up there if it if it wasn't his last. Oh shit! Wanted, Death Race, and Doomsday in a free pack for eight pounds seventy. That's a. That's a solid. That's a solid night in that. Fuck. Yeah. I'm having that. Woo! Shit. Doomsday was not Bob Hoskins' last movie. His last movie was actually Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh God. Wow. Yeah, that was a. That was a film that nobody involved with wants to remember. <laughs> mm. I'll tell you what, I reckon this time next week I'll be talking about all three of those films. <laughs> <laughs> was it Wanted, um, Doomsday and Wanted, Death Race? Death Race, Doomsday. That's fucking Man, incredible. The, the person who has put that, that box set together knows their audience. <laughs> Uh, the, the first review, <laughs> the first review on Amazon, the headline is "Serves the Purpose." <laughs> that, that review is bang on correct. <laughs> the next, the next one, the headline is just brilliant. I only wanted Death Race, but got a bargain with all the free films. Would recommend to anyone wanting these films. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though. 
that's that's it. And it is the thing. And I'm going to go slightly um, critic criticizing now, mm. in the sense of occasionally it, it's it's why the you've got and I despise the idea of, of the Rotten Tomato thing where you've got the critics score and you've got the audience score. And it's it's almost that that weird thing of a lot of films are just there just to be fun. And so some critics don't like having fun because, mm. you know, they lack joy in the world. Yeah. Um, and you've got films like Doomsday is a prime example that everybody that went to see it knew what they were getting. With the exception of the odd the odd girlfriend or boyfriend that went to see that or the odd or the odd fucking stepson who who the stepdad went, come on, come on, Billy, we're going to go to the cinema. It's this really good film you'll like. It's brilliant. And then Billy's just there going, what the shit is this? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, oh, fuck. What else has happened in news? I feel like there's something else that happened. Um, We've I got mean, that, uh, Mar- mm. that Marvel thing, didn't we? Yeah. So... In case people have missed it. it. It's interesting. There seems to have been a bit of a coordinated let's go back to the movies campaign. So like Matthew McConaughey fronted this um this like three minute long ad that it seemed like yeah. a lot of studios then tweeted out uh talking about the cinema and going back and how it's safe and what you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, that, that was that was for the Academy, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 because yeah. it was on Oscars weekend. And, and, like, a lot of the studios, like, official accounts tweeted it and, like, mm. celebrities were tweeting it and stuff, which was cool, you know. Um, yeah, it, was, it, was good. And, it was a cool little video. And then um, Vin, um, Uncle Vin came out with his marvellous bit about going back to the movies and how we all need to be together experiencing these things. Great stuff. Um, Marvel went on that train as well. Um, but then also just at the end of the, of the, the, the ad just went, oh, by the way, here's what the Black Panther sequel's called. Um, and it, you know, it is a shitload of release dates for you. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think if you like the films, it's like, ah, cool. Yeah. We've got some release dates. If you don't, it literally feels like Marvel are basically saying we we have we will take your soul, um, and it, it it's it it's quite something. I think over the next like three and a half years, there's going to be like ten Marvel films or something like that, um, and then you've got all the series and whatnot. And I I don't know. I think there's an argument for, but what about the smaller films? Blah blah blah. blah. But also. I'll be honest, if these films are basically going to be the things that pack them in, but then other smaller films get like smaller screens and whatnot as well, a rising tide uh, uh, raises all ships. Yep. The the thing is, cinemas closed, not because there wasn't enough films, because there wasn't enough big films hmm. cinemas yeah. to, to stay open cinemas need big releases um, they need to have things like Black Widow and The Eternals and um, the new Top Gun movie the new Mission Impossible movie they need to have these movies that draw 
that draw families in. Mm. That draw people who are going out for a night out. Cinemas don't need to draw us three in. Mm. You know, they're they're very happy for our business and they're very, I I generally think they're very grateful for our business in a sense that they know that they're going to get our unlimited cards or whatever, anything like that. And one in every four visits, we might buy a coffee or a pack of sweets, something like that. But where they're, where your, your fucking, your your baseline Mm. for, for that. Where, where where where's that level? Where what where what essentially pays the fucking the bills? Yeah. Um. But they need and cinema, in general, not just not just cinema. Cinema needs the family of fucking four going and buying two things of popcorn, two bags of sweets, and two drinks. Okay. And they, they they need that because that's how commerce works. It's how cinema works. Is there a trickle-down effect? Is it enough? No, it, it's probably not. But this system isn't new. This isn't this isn't how cinema is now in our, I'm doing bunny ears, capitalist society. This is literally how cinema has always worked. Mm. So let's not pretend that, that, that it's not. And as a general just absolute fucking cry out for this cinemas will show smaller movies cinemas do show smaller movies cinemas will show more smaller movies on one fucking condition people turn up yeah people go and watch them and if you do not feel safe to go and watch to cinema anything like that that is a perfectly valid excuse but pre 2020 mm. You had no fucking excuse. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. had no yeah. fucking excuse. So all the people bitching and moaning about, I couldn't get a screener, I'm going to have to wait till this comes out, and all this shit, it's because you don't go and see it. Mm. Go and fucking see it. In the same way as if cinemas are showing retro reviews, retro um, films, go and fucking see it. Because then when you bitch and moan that they never do it, y- you can't have it every single fucking way. Mm. Go out to the cinema as much as possible. Trust me, as somebody who went, it is safe. Yep. It, it is. It is safer than going to a bar. It is safer than going to a supermarket. It is safer than going it, to it is work. safer than going to work for an awful lot of people. Mm. Um, so if you love cinema and you listen to this podcast, and which I'm guessing you probably do, if you have any trepidation about it at all, trust me, it is. At some point, you are going to have to pull that fucking bandaid off and just go. This, this is a, it's, it, it's interesting. I think the the psychological effect of being it, like trapped at home for so long is going to be very difficult for a lot of people. And I'm not, I don't want to poo-poo that, but mm-hmm. it, it's soon coming. Unless touch wood, this doesn't happen. But unless some fucking really nasty variant completely fucks over the vaccines which it kind of seems like even the epidemiologists and stuff are are saying we don't necessarily see that coming right now um you you are gonna have to make a decision about whether you just want to rejoin society or not and especially you know i could even understand if, if if you were clinically vulnerable, you haven't had the vaccine and whatnot, uh, you know, absolutely fair enough. But I will say, 
hand on heart when I had COVID in December, I didn't get it from the fucking guy who was four rows in front of me watching Die Hard. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how, you know, can I categorically, scientifically say that? No. But what's, what's the more likely chance that I picked it off from my asymptomatic kid who had gone to school or if I'd gone um, like just in the supermarket, that is far more likely than seeing Die Hard with about five other people in a massive cinema screen. You know what I mean? It, it, it's yep. and I mean I, shit. And just to say as well, I, like I was carried. Bless him, Paul Dyer. You are a trooper. It, I was likely fucking um, uh, contagious when I went to see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom of all films with him and he didn't get it. You know what I mean? So, and he was a lot, he was closer than four rows. I, he wasn't on my lap or anything, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. And hey, the vaccine rollout's happening. I'm going to feel like shit on Saturday. Don is going to feel like shit on Friday. You two are going to feel like shit soon. And then we can go to the cinema. And I can't fucking wait. Have you had appointments yet, by the way? No, we're still in you, yeah, England is still uh, over 40s. Mm-hmm. We're getting there, though. We're getting there. Yeah, you'll get there soon. I, I, but, I, I think by the end of next week, we'll be able to book our appointments. By the end of this month, we'll be vaccinated. Yeah, mm. cool. I'm, I'm very surprised if we're not. Yeah, so will I. Um, I'd, I'd be stunned. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, 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 but this is it, isn't it? it it's like... By the time the cinemas, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. They haven't really said anything about what like the audience restrictions are going to be. Um, it's just from the seventeenth they'll open. Yep, I would think it'll be it'll be very similar to what it was last time. I would think that I think Cineworld will maybe go, uh, go right. We need to put in an actual barrier restriction, so it'll be every other row will be open or something like that, or it will be. There will be a there will be a system that they will have in place that where it goes. If you book seat blah and blah, then the two seats in front, the two seats either side, and the two seats behind automatically come out. Not like it was busy enough for that to be an issue. No, it, it wasn't. So I think I think I think we'll be fine. I, you'd hope that it'll all be fine, and then June when everything starts to open up more, it'll restrictions will will lower. Mm. Um, I think trailers. Just to say, sorry, I think Quiet Place Part 2 is probably going to be the first real test of that in terms of like, OK, where mm. are we sitting? You know, I, I, it, it'll be interesting, though. Like, I'm, I, I believe we're all planning on going to the cinema on the 17th. And um, yes, it will be very interesting to see whether it's just full of people that have pent up demand. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it'll be one of those things where it will be. The first few days will be steady and it'll be people like us and then there'll just be an explosion. Mm. Mm. I just and I, I was looking as well. Apparently, uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead is actually out on the Friday. Um, so it, it looks like a double bill of Spiral and The Unholy is my plan, which is just glorious. Our plan is doing Spiral on the Monday, I think, isn't it? And then the following Monday, when we get back doing um, 
all the names come from my head now. Dean Hall? No, no. Those are which we don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys aren't going to see a bit of Jeffrey Dean Morgan? And uh, is she Satan or is she not? I mean, we might do if we get Sean. I mean, it's all going to depend on what the cinema times are like on that first day. Yeah. It, really? Because it, it, we literally need to leave to go on holiday. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a morning one. That'll be a good well, show. Hopefully, Cineworld will uh, announce that shit next Monday. It, it'll uh, be interesting. They, they, I think they've been hinting that it's going to be announced the end of this week. It'll it, it be interesting because, um, you know, like wait, the Welsh government have said, oh, we won't be actually confirming until a week Friday. And it's like, so what does that mean that they can't make assumptions about opening and put stuff on sale? Because then, it, you know, then it's like, well, shit, you're only giving them really a few days notice. Whereas I think the UK have said, like, no, we'll like it, I mean, England have said it will be a week's notice for businesses to prepare. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I um. Did I tell you guys I think I'm going to get a Limitless card for, with Odeon um, at least for the next few months because they're offering it for a tenner a month. So uh, I'm, it just means I can I can see some like cheap Limax because all I've got to do is like pay the couple of quid surcharge. There's some, yeah, for a couple of months, like you said, there's some decent stuff coming out on, on IMAX, isn't there? Yeah, I th- I I think it I I think it would be worth it. Like the screen's good, and they um that place as well. They validate your parking, so you don't have to pay for parking as well. It's uh, a spoil for choice though. It's like if I park at the Cineworld, I get a free car charge. If I park at the Odeon, then I get free parking. It's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's odd. Um, but yeah no, it'll be uh, it, it, I'm I'm very very excited. I think the. The excitement will likely be quite palpable on next week's show because hopefully we'll have some we'll actual have a, we'll like have, we're gonna go see this at then you know what I mean like it's uh, fucking hell it's been a long old road though isn't it yeah I mean for, for like City World I mean we, we went to see uh, I mean it's like five five months yeah. since we saw uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I mean, the last time I went to Cineworld, gee, that must be like, was it, was it October it closed? It was like Akira was your last one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what mine was now, because I wanted to go see Saint Maud. I missed the unlimited screening. And then they closed that Friday so it didn't come out on general release there. So I had to see it um at the showcase. God, I wonder what my fucking I'm gonna have a look now. Cineworld app, are you even gonna open? It's just creaking open like did you it, it, it really is, isn't it? Yeah, the server's not responding. Fucking hell, I wonder it's oh, I was it's doing my nut though. I wonder what it was. Say again. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Cineworld app is literally just, it's just not there. It's there, but not there. Yeah. Um, let's keep talking. I'll, uh, yeah, I, I, I really want to find out what my last Cineworld one was, but I'll, I'll get back to you. Um, so, yes. 
trailers. Trailers, 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 trailers. Trailers. Oh, no, that can't be right. Right. Trailers. Sorry. Um, yeah, there was a like 50 second thing for the Tomorrow War, the Chris Pratt, Pratt film that Amazon bought off of Paramount. Kind of already feels like Paramount made out like uh, made out like bandits there, just like they, they did with Coming to America. Those fuckers have been savvy as fuck. I think they have made one bad decision with what they've been selling. Yep. Uh, which we'll get to. And um, uh, yeah, I think it seems like they've kept the right stuff. They they didn't give in and sell Quiet Place Two. And now that thing is probably going to fuck it, be an absolute megaton. Um, and yeah, Tomorrow War looks generic as fuck. Stars a guy that people don't really care about. Um, yes, I'll watch it. But frankly, July, there's going to be plenty of fucking competition in the cinema. You know, I, I I will I will be going to the cinema and probably watching this on my on my phone on the train ride home. It's two and a bit hours long. Great. Yep, it's two and a bit hours long. Directed by the guy who wrote Doolittle. Awesome. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you can't really tell much from that trailer because it's barely a trailer, is it? Let's be honest. Um, no, they need more. Yeah. Uh, so what else have we got? What else have we got? So with the little We, we, we flash... spoke about West Side Sorry. Yeah, West Side Story. We've watched that trailer again since. Uh, it's very atmospheric. It's a it? fantastic trailer. Yeah. Um, mm. it, it, that, it, it's, I have, have a bit of a feeling that it always felt a little bit odd Spielberg going and doing that. Mm. But then when you see the trailer, I, I think that Spielberg's past handful of films have looked, have not looked great. Mm. Like in terms of visually. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ready Player One, I actually really quite enjoyed, uh, but it, it was, it was a lot of CGI thrown at you. I like how that looks. So it works for the story. It works for the story. It's fine, but it, that's what it was. Whereas West Side Story looks quite rich mm. and like it's got, it, it just looks like a very nicely made film. Maybe he was told by like some higher power that he could make one really good looking movie, but the rest would look kind of shit, or he could make like. All of the rest of his movies, and they'd all look okay. The thing is, one really good. The thing is with this movie, it is it's either going to be really fucking good or very very bland. It's either going to be right, yeah, that just fucking clears up at the Oscars, or it's going to be Spielberg's Jersey Boys. I think a lot of it depends on the Elgort effect, but I think wider audiences probably don't give a shit. No. So. No. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's a good story. If yeah. they stick to the the bones of the story, they can't really go wrong with it, can they? Nah. Mm. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, what else is there we've had? Um, obviously, there was this second trailer for In the Heights came out while we were watching the Oscars. Well, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. What's everyone's thoughts on In the Heights? Same as before. Looking great. Looks fun. Yeah. Looks breezy. Really, looks really fucking excited for it. Sorry, Bax. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. It, it, like you say, it, it, it kind of looks like it looks like a film this summer could really do with. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll be it's gonna be one of those ones where it's gonna make an absolute fucking bucket load and i'm glad for it yeah yeah it it seems like people have filmed twitter have seen it as well and then you've got other film twitter people saying i haven't seen it myself and i haven't signed an embargo but i've heard it's fucking amazing and a mm. lot of people are saying that and like you say mark it's I mean, it's still fucking, I know I've said it before, but it still fucking makes me laugh out loud that In the Heights and In the Earth are coming out the same day. And it's like, they're just, the film this summer, this this year needed, and the film this year probably didn't need, but fuck it, go on then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly, yeah. It's, it it just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, like I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing those two in the cinema like pretty much equally you know small Ben Wheatley directed horror which apparently has a bunch of psychedelic imagery in, in like the back end of it yes in a cinema yes please in the heights I would like to see large and very loud please you yeah. know like to, yeah fuck yes <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all I can say, really. You know, oh god, and we're so close. Don't Ian. die, just don't. None of us die in the next couple of months. I'm not planning on it. No, uh, I, I haven't scheduled it in yet. No. Um, Wrath of Man Red Band, Ian. Uh, yeah, it was more into this one. Uh, because felt, felt more Richie, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. It, it. It's a shame we don't get this one here until, like, July, and it opens in the US on Friday. Um, yeah, an odd one, that one. It, it feels like one that they could sling out on open, like, on the 17th and be like, here's a big action film for you. But I get that Spiral probably has a fairly similar demographic. Um, but... Yeah, it's a shame I have to wait till July for that one, but I'm looking forward to it, yeah. And the final one I think that we've got... Have you got anything else, Ian, apart from... I don't think so. So the final one that we've got is the new Pixar Luca trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, I forgot about that one. Um, Yeah. I, 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 I like the fact I commented on this year while we're watching it, that they have basically just stolen the dad from Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. As I as I tweeted, it's good to see the dad from Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs getting work again. It's been too long. <laughs> Did you tweet that? I didn't see yeah. that. <laughs> I'm glad that you noticed that as well then. Yeah. Um, really, I really just need somebody, just one of them at Pixar to learn how to draw human characters so they don't look 
fucking heinous because they cannot pull it off. But, but I think that's because they don't want to, it to go uncanny valley. They want it to... There's, there's plenty of gap between where they are right now you mean, and uncanny valley. You mean that there that looks decidedly Wallace and Gromity? Yeah. It's, it's, what an ugly fucking looking film this is. I can see why it's going to Disney+. Plus. Mm, looks shite. It does seem a little bit like maybe Pixar has lost its... You'll still keep winning fucking Oscars though, won't it? Yeah, yeah, but there almost is seems, the fucking thing. Sorry, there almost seems to be a little bit, even within the film community now, a little bit of people going. I mean, of course it was Soul. It's just the Pixar award now, isn't it? Mm. It. I'm so fucking glad that there is a Lin Manuel Miranda backed Sony animation. I think has been sold to Netflix, but will still qualify for the Oscars as long as. It's similar rules to this year. Vivo think it's out in July. And it's like, yes. if Lin-Manuel Miranda can just rule next year's Oscars within the Heights and Vivo and fuck Pixar off for just a year, for the love of yeah. God. I mean, what, what, what do you Fine. think to, to the Luca trailer? Because it, 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 it looks, it looks really and I'm going to use, I, I promise I'm not trying to pun here, but it looks really small fry. <laughs> yeah, th- yes. It looks throwaway as fuck, which, you know, yeah. Studio Ghibli do throwaway films. I mean, like, I'm thinking specifically like Porco Rosso, to an extent, mm-hmm. Kiki's Delivery Service, you know, where they, they, they are films that don't necessarily want to change the world. Um <laughs> Yeah, but Rosso started out as 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 a commercial for um, an airline, mm. <laughs> and then just grew into a film. Ponyo's yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing there's nothing particularly deep in Ponyo. No, no, yeah, Ponyo's great example. Great. Beautiful. Yeah, so sorry, yeah, I, I, I jumped in there. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, you guys are uh, bang on. But with, I mean, with Luca, it kind of almost feels like they're gonna try, they're gonna do for this go for this small story. But it's going to be about something and it's going to be really pretty and it's going to make people wish that they were holidaying on the Italian Riviera and speaking as someone who hates the sun um, and got a fucking sunburn this weekend walking around the beach and my scalp's burnt. Brilliant. Fuck the sun. And Luca, I'll watch you right now. Fuck off. I can't be dealing with you. I, I, it will bore the living shit out of lots and I'll watch it and be like, yeah, fair enough, kid. You know, it, it, I don't, they are make, they seem to be making films for the best animated feature at this point. I don't, it, it feels like they're, they're sacrificing, Hey, we actually want to be entertaining for our target audience for, Hey, we want to be fated, fated by all all these like like film critics and I, I don't know. I mean, like the, or just like the, we want to be the default award for an animated feature. And I'm, 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 I'm fucking done with it. Yeah, they're making films for the intellectual uncle and aunt to take their kids to, and the grandparents might like it as well mm. you know they're, they're, they're not no, no they're not they're not for kids at, at all 
And I'm going to use that as a brilliant segue. Onward was the kids. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to use that as a brilliant segue into a movie that I think does pitch itself at a target audience, but does manage to be entertaining to all four quadrants. We shall see. Yes. It's for everyone. Yes. Um, uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. I need to get up the IMDb so we can find out what mad shit fucking synopsis they give this. Um, so have a look. Is uh, directed by uh, and written, I believe, by Mike Rianda. I'm going to go with that. Uh, and so has the vocal talents of Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson, uh, Mike Rianda himself, uh, Eric Andre, uh, Olivia Coleman, doing essentially... I've said this to you and I've said it to Ian as well, and I still find it hilarious that her malevolent evil, evil voice is just an impression of Emma Thompson. Um, you missed Maya Rudolph. Maya, no, did I say Maya Rudolph, did I? Nope. Well, fuck me. What's a cunt? Fuck yeah. uh, so apparently, this is a quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest hope. Not, that, not bad, but it's centered around um, the uh, lead, lead girl character and the fact that she is going to college and she's supposed to go to college, but her relationship with her dad has become strained because she's into very into tech essentially and makes her own movies that she has on YouTube and he's very much an outdoorsman that makes a house that he had that he lived in that he had to leave because of the child and it's all of this, but he wants to. They both want to get that relationship back, but neither of them know how to do it. Road trip, robot apocalypse, all fun and games. Um, Ian, were you yes. surprised at how fucking zany the Mitchells versus the Machines was? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, not not surprised because I knew it was a, a Lord Miller joint um, in some production. So I I already kind of had a, I had a feeling of that, um, but it's really hard to um, find much that you want to criticise about the film. I I think um, I don't think I, I certainly don't think it's perfect. It's near two hours long, and I I you know I think maybe about halfway halfway to three quarters through maybe could have had a bit of trimming there and it wouldn't have hurt um but it like i say it kind of feels like it's for everyone you know like i i, I showed lossie the trailer uh, and lossie and don the trailer and they were like both like yep yep go on then and lots again she did fall off a little bit around that point but then kind of came back into it but don and i had a great time from start to finish um really overall that first half hour 40 minutes or so is incredibly strong it's very very good um and I, I thought he captured a family dynamic very, very well. I thought the animation style with the kind of slightly cell-shaded nature to the characters, which kind of made them stand out in certain um, situations, was uh, was really interesting. Um, yeah, I got it that Sony sold it to Netflix. I understand why, uh, to an extent. 
even though if they didn't sell Monster Hunter, you know, they probably weren't that desperate for money and they probably, you know, they, they probably didn't have to sell this, but fair enough. Uh, yeah, I've, I, I, I thought it was really, really fun, uh, kind of like thumbs up from all the family on our end, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but it's, it, it, I, I think Mark, see, I, I think you had a good time with it. Bex, what, like throwing it over to you, how much did you know about this going in? Cause it kind of slightly snuck in under the radar, I think. I didn't even know it was a thing. I think, did you yeah. show me a trailer for it? And we watched about once once you brought it to my attention i think you showed me a trailer for it didn't you and we watched about 10 seconds of it i was like no i don't want to watch any more i'm in um cool it's got it's got a a beautiful chaotic energy to it it is just a fucking wild ride and i love all of it like even the even the slightly baggy middle section is fun enough because they make the, the, the the characters of the family are dysfunctional and kind of relatable and even when it's downtime they're still fun to be around um the the bit with with the fucking dog uh, with the robots not being able to process the dog was fucking hilarious <laughs> the fact that she uses that as like a tactic when she's uh, i love that what is, what is the key thing for you dog pig or bread loaf of bread dog pig dog pig loaf of bread <laughs> yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that bit. Um, but yeah, it's all. It's just there's just some real fucking gold in there. It's really, really good. Yeah, I think like like Ian said, the the um the, the first thirty five forty minutes, it is throwing so fucking much at you mm. there um, that there there are some genuine moments that are properly like crying with laughter moments. Um, I, I think you've got. I think it, it it helps a little bit that in terms of for the um the, the voice cast having um Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph there who are both a, a very very good comedians, but also they they have almost like a quiet chaoticness to them mm. in terms of their themselves as comedians they're not zany like a oh no it's just a natural yeah, chaos like like a jim carrey it, it, it mm. isn't zany like like jim carrey for instance if, 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 if you can imagine him setting fire to a room but he'd want you to see you setting fire to the room whereas <laughs> you'd just you'd leave the room and get a drink come back in and the room would be on fire and you go what the shit and then i'd rather just be laughing just, like, just drinking scotch and laughing you'd be like Wait, did you set fire to his room? Like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> it just feels a little bit like that. And, and having that energy in this, but it just being focused in the right direction mm. works really, really well for it. Uh, and then within all that, you've got this real kind of wholesome thread of story, which is he just wants to kind of repair his relationship with his daughter before she goes off to college. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's just kind of lovely. And the, oh God, the heartbreaking bit where, where he hears the recording of her saying that she was just telling him what he wanted to hear. That's awful. Yeah. That made me want to cry for him. But then the, the mm. but then there are relatable, there are genuine relatable moments. Like there's a moment, and remember guys, Ross Paul is all the time. Um, but where, where he's, 
he's worked out what you said we need to get out of this thing and he's talking to Eric Andre's character and he's saying well yeah you need to get in his hatch but you'd need a say the blah blah <laughs> screwdriver or what kind of insane person carries that one of those around all the time and he's like this kind of insane person and you looked at me and you was like oh god because I literally carry around a screwdriver with me all the time don't I and a, and a, a selection of Screwdriver heads. Screwdriver heads and smiling keys and bits, yeah. Mm. Just in case. Well, like, in your pockets? No, I have my bag with me pretty much all of the time, so I've got them in my bag and they're always there. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. So I have a pen knife uh, that has various attachments on me, uh, and I have those. Well, that I just in case. Mm -hmm. And we have needed them at points. We have. So it is. It does exist. There's a few relatable character elements with that character with you. Like what? I can't remember what they were. Oh, the snoring. <laughs> the fucking snoring. Uh. So yeah. Yeah. I I, I agree that it, it you could you could shave out about I would say about twenty minutes out of that middle section and get a much punchier, tighter movie. He could, and I don't. I don't think it needs to for us necessarily. But if it's if it's wanting to keep kids engaged and in, then I think it, it could do with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, but you know the it brings in characters and throws characters around it as recall for different jokes. It might just use jokes repeatedly, but just not have them. You go, all right, yeah, that, that, that's not funny anymore. Mm. It still keeps them quite, quite amusing. Um, and it, it, it does quite a rare trick as well of, <clears throat> even though it's got the funny uh, jokes in the trailer, it, those jokes remain very funny in context. Like the, yes, Furby with the let the dark harvest begin. It <laughs> is fucking incredible. Um, that that yeah, entire the, the, sequence. The, 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 yeah. It's real low hanging fruit that though, isn't it? Because Furbies are terrifying, but, even if they're not fucking. But but yeah, but it, it's almost like what what's brilliant about that is it's recognised that the the younger kid doesn't have a clue what a Furby is, mm. and he's like, what's a Furby? But the, the the parents are like, oh god no <laughs> straight away. Yeah. Which for parents of a kid that's around supposed to be Kate's age, which is around the same age as Isabel, mm. will remember Furbies and be like, Why? They were horrible. Yeah, and then the my Rudolph character saying, Why would somebody make this with the giant Furby? Mm. But, yeah, but having it, we took Isabel's Furby off, didn't we, and hid it in, a, in the bottom of a wardrobe because any time there was like light or movement near it, it started singing. Yeah, we had to we had to hide it in a cupboard. It was fucking terrifying. It was awful, yeah. We were once sat downstairs. No, it was when we were uh, we were at the old house, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. We were once uh, a bit drunk. Uh, what is it? So a little bit drunk in our old bungalow and just sat there having a drink of what is it and all of a sudden you could just hear this singing god no we didn't put it in a wardrobe we put it in a kitchen cupboard yeah yeah we're like okay this singing and we're like where the hell's that coming from open the kitchen cupboard and the furby was just there his eyes lit up in a dark kitchen singing at us it was terrifying <laughs> however it did us some great ideas didn't it 
where we have over the years hidden Bluetooth speakers around his both bedroom. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and played things through it. And the children crying one was the children crying. I can't believe you fucking did that. <laughs> turned off the lights and the lights at the fuse box. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so she can't turn the light back on, we turn it off at the fuse box. And then yeah, if you, you I think on Spotify if you if you just like search scary children crying, there's like a playlist of it. <laughs> sake. So we just played that, which was uh, which was good. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. We should we we should not have a child. <laughs> she was fine. She knew it was us dicking about straight away. <laughs> She's almost made it out, hasn't she? <laughs> She's almost made it there. She might be a functioning member of society. Um, um, but yeah, can, the, can I just want to say one thing before I forget? Yeah. Very, very much liked the low-key, let's just normalise it lesbianism to Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, didn't, didn't, didn't make a thing of it at all. That's the fucking way to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I like and I like that as well, because I said, oh, Don, did you notice that bit at the end where, like she said about oh, Jade coming for Thanksgiving? And, oh, it's only been. And, and then Donna was just like, oh, yeah, she had a rainbow thing on her uh, right at the start of the film. You know, it's just little things like that, you know, and I get, you know, films that need to address it and whatnot, because that's a part of the plot. But if it's not a part of the plot. Just make a reference to a boyfriend or girlfriend like you would in any other fucking film. You know what I mean? That's the way to normalise it. I thought that was great. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It was, like you say, there was, a, there was a hinting around it throughout, but not like in a, we're going we're gonna to hint around it. It was just, you go, what is, oh, right. It, it was more that moment mm. rather than, you know, you didn't have, a big talk with dad, but dad liked, you know, awkward or anything like that. It just, it just kind of happened because you get the feeling like that these parents just wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Just, it would just be cool. I like how the fact that the kids, the, 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 the young boy's voice. Oh, it freaked me it's out. Just a, it's just a grown man's a voice. voice, yeah. No, that kind of scared me a bit. Yeah. Voiced, voiced by the director who, by the way, weekly reference, is a listener of Blank Check and was <laughs> referencing their recent March Madness in uh, in in some tweets the other day. We it, it, it's becoming a running thing. I'm gonna make a reference to them every week. That's fine. But yeah, I just that that's fucking genius. Just give him a fucking adult's voice. Why I don't know. Yeah, that but it is but it, but it kind of worked with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it worked quite well. Um, and then his constant freaking out whenever the girl next door came anywhere near him. Happy Paulie. Yeah, but I, I was saying to you, Bex, what I, if, 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 if my phone rang and I answered it and the kid went, hi there, would you like to talk to me about dinosaurs? I would be like, yeah, fucking too right, I would. <laughs> Let's fucking go. But yeah, so I, I, I kind of felt for that kid a little bit. Yeah. Just wanted to talk about dinosaurs. Just wanted to talk about fucking dinosaurs. Should I have better? But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like all the characters just feel like, yeah, yeah, they feel like real members of the family. Yeah. You know, like... They don't feel like 2D. No, that's it. They they, they feel... What is it? Watching it, I I am very much in hope that we will get a sequel. I have to take it, though. Fuck it. Have it it, the Mitchells versus the Machines again. 
or have it the Mitchells versus zombies or anything like that. You can do anything with it because the battles with the machines weren't the thing that made it fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they could have them like they go they go camping because now that they've bonded again, they want to spend like family time together, low tech, Wait. and then everyone else gets infected with like a message from the phone, like in that awful fucking Stephen King. Cell. Cell. Yes. But it, 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 I would say this is the closest to a modern version of the vacation movies as we've got. Yeah. That's yeah. worked. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and the last vacation movie wasn't bad. It was perfectly serviceable. It just wasn't great, was it? it it's just, it, it's almost like you've done it. Don't try and do it again, but different. Yeah. Whereas this does the same thing with a very similar dynamic of, of characters, but does it really really fucking well and it's joyous don't think Clark, Clark Griswold would have a handy screwdriver on him all the time it wouldn't surprise me if he did <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean are we, are, we, are we wrapping up on the Mitchells versus the machines I think so hmm. Ian what to say for once no <laughs> uh, I mean I am I am definitely not shit on it. But I'm I, I think I'm extreme definitely not shit on it. I I had a great fucking time with this and it was a really nice surprise. It was a great Sunday morning breakfast watch. Mm. But Look, I will say this. If I'd have watched this in a cinema, I'd have come out of it going, That was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I mean given some of the stuff that's due to come out, I think it it might struggle to to hit my top ten, but it will definitely be in my surprises of the year. I will be I will be incredibly Strange happy if um if I see ten better movies than this this year. That's great, man. Like anim- animated films feel like they might not hit the mark as much for you as they do for Bex and I. No, so, yeah, I don't, I don't I do. I think it, it very much is more you guys than me. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not. I can't remember the last time I heard you so effusive about an animated film. It's really nice. Maybe lacks whimsy. It, I think it is, but I, I, I like the fact that this was this was this was like getting assaulted by comedy. <laughs> That's fair. It was. It was great, and I I even really enjoyed the um the um what's she called pal is it yeah 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 having a hissy fit by turning her vibrate function oh, on, on a table so good. that was such a good little thing i was like how is she flipping over and then like it went quiet and it was just the vibrate noise I was like that's really clever yeah it was just smart <laughs> yeah it was smart filmmaking without ever feeling like it was condescending mm. and talking down to kids and essentially throwing jokes out there that are just for the adults yeah 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 that's true yeah. And I, I normally like hate a fucking animal sidekick, but Munchie was was great. Yeah, I love the fact that the that the dog that it looked that when it looked like he was going to get it together and his eyes were gonna uncross and you were like, you watch it going, This is the moment, this is the moment but then you remember the rest of the movie and you go, I mean it's just gonna hit him in the face, isn't it? it and it does. To, it just managed to uncross his eyes just in time to see it hit him in the face. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely. definitely not shit. Our audience poll. Definitely not shit. Um, 75%. Touching cloth, 13%. And Geostorm, 12%. I could see a call for Geostorm. 
the, the, the chaos. Yeah, I, I think the chaos thing might impact that a little bit, for sure, yeah. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further. The His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Right. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching Yo. this week? Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a few I've got a few uh, uh, lined up here. So, um, day after uh, the Oscars, I had me a double film day. Um, you may not get two more different films. So uh, I watched uh, I rewatched uh, Gentleman Broncos. Um, so this is the Napoleon Dynamite director. Uh, what's his name? Jared Hess. Uh, or is it Jared? Yeah, it is Jared Hess, and then it, it, like his brothers, like Jerusha, the Jerusha Hess. Or is it? It's not to be his wife, is it? Oh, Jer- oh, yeah, a uh, uh, wife. Sorry, Jerusha, Jerusha, Jerusha. Jared and Jerusha just sound like they should be brothers, but it's his wife apparently. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, they so, can't yeah. be real names. Uh, you wonder. Um. So Jared Hess had a fucking bonkers career because, you know, he comes out with Napoleon Dynamite, which I I don't know. It's interesting. It feels like maybe it doesn't have that much cultural value now. Um, But at the time that Napoleon Dynamite came out, it was just like a, a bit of a fucking megaton uh, yeah, of a pop culture film. Huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Natro Libre, which I I remember being disappointed, even though I did like get the 
corn out of my face. Um, I, I, I enjoy the aspects of Jack Black. And I think I want to give it another go. Um, and then after Gentleman Broncos, Don Verdine, um, which I might not have ever heard of, but good cast. And then Masterminds, which I don't think ever actually got a release over here. It was held for fucking forever. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think it actually got a release over here. So just seemed to come out of the gates and, and just relatively quickly for a filmmaker, just disappear. Um, mm. So, this, you know, Charmin Broncos budget 10, according to Wikipedia, budget $10 million box office, at least in the US, $118,000. Did you ever see Masterminds? No. It, I did. It, it's it's a lot of it's it's fun is what I will say. Okay, okay, fair no, fair enough. I mean, oh, maybe I'll watch it sometime. Um, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, so Gentleman Broncos, nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, unselfconsciously juvenile and overwhelmingly quirky. Gentleman Broncos offers a lot of potty humor, but isn't terribly funny. Roger Ebert gave it two out of four. Um, but um, it also has had some good review. Uh, it, it, it's had some kind of good word after the fact. And I liked it first time round. And I, I still like it. But you do really, really have to go with it. Um, so story is uh, Michael Angarano plays a kid who likes writing sci-fi novels and um he enters a competition to um uh, essentially have his work uh published um but and it's being judged by um jermaine clement's uh, uh author character who is falling on hard times finding it hard to get inspiration and steals the story um and it, it's that but it's also Mike White plays a guardian angel employed by his mum, played by Jennifer Coolidge, um, to basically be his friend. And he has a snake. And at one point, Mike White is just talking to Michael Angarano and then the snake just shits all over Mike White's shoulder. Um, which... Out of context may not sound great, but in context is honestly just one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, yeah. Um, there's a subplot where the the, the Michael Angarano's character sells the rights to his uh, to the story to a guy he knows who then turns it into a weird almost fetish uh, fetish uh, fetish ah my god fetishistic is that right fetishistic thank you very much um uh, thing uh and 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 where is um, where Jermaine Clement's also stealing his story and it it cuts into visualizations of the story where Sam Rockwell plays two different versions of the character depending on whose version you're watching uh one where he's like 
kind of a badass fighter guy and one where he's just this really camp dude and sam rockwell is great as both and it i it it is just I I, it's a film where Jennifer Coolidge has a business where she just sells massive balls of popcorn to people. And if you're not, if you're watching it and you're not into that, this film must be fucking excruciating. <laughs> I, it, it must honestly be like nails down a chalkboard. And this is we talk often about comedy being subjective and it 100 percent is. But if you and I'm not saying if you don't get its vibe, you're wrong. It's just if you don't get its vibe, fair enough. But if you do, I think you'll have a good time with it. But it's one of those things where it's like film criticism for comedies. It's really, really tough because you can talk objectively about what style of comedy it is. But can you actually truly tell someone else this is funny? You know, like you you can say, I find it funny. Like we were talking about the Mitchells versus the Machines. And it's like, we found that stuff funny. And I said, I think it would be a hard heart for someone to kind of like find much criticism in it. But actually... Think it. I, I thinking about it now. You know, I I think that's wrong. If if somebody just isn't wired that way and they don't find it funny, fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you. And I I, I I I suppose I don't know. I'm having a bit of an epiphany now. And it's like when we review comedy films, it's like I can say, well, I thought it was funny and I really liked these bits, but to kind of explain the quality of the comedy, can that actually be done? I, I don't know. It, like that's, Listeners, that's, tweet me. I'm fucking interested in that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Comedy is probably the most subjective of, of, of all sort of film mediums in terms of like that. Because there are, I think that there, it's almost like there's a universal level of comedy. There's things that are, that, that are funny. A haunted house um, too, and then then and then there are there are things where your your version of comedy, what comedy you like, mm. will take you different places. Um, and so, for instance, I and a good example I think is I can't it nails on a chalkboard is the quirks of Wes Anderson movies, but I was saying to you the other day. We were talking about it for some reason. What is it? But I can see why people like it. Yeah. But it's just it's it, it's not for me. Very much not for me. But I can see why some people would find it funny. In terms of, I can see why there's some comedians that people find funny that I just don't. That it, it just doesn't click for me. Mm. I think that that's just the way it is. Um, and that is the thing with comedy is you've got basic comedy that is just trying to appeal to everybody and then you've got other comedy that's going that's going for people who are gonna find it funny and they're not trying to make people they're not trying to make people who aren't going to find it funny laugh they're not trying to win people over they're preaching to an audience yeah yeah so if if you find something offensive in comedy then i think you know but 
but that that boils down to it's not necessarily how the comedy is being done. It's it, it's almost the intent behind it. There, I, I I think that kind of like branches off into a different way. But it's like if it's like jackass, I find this funny. Okay, convince me why it's funny. No, yeah, yeah, that's that that's impossible. You, you know, it, it it's something is funny to you or not funny to you and it, that's almost like your collective experience up to that point and i don't necessarily think that anyone writing or like a video essay can explain well no you're wrong this is slash isn't funny because dot 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 i, I think one of the things there is um i don't think you could ever tell somebody something isn't funny I could think, but I do think you could say to somebody, I don't see why that is funny. Yes. And the thing is, if you don't see why it's funny, no matter how much explaining somebody gives to you as to why they think it's funny, you're never going to find it, find it funny. Mm. And it, it's just that thing um, where, where like university, there are films that are just, there, there are comedians who are just not funny. You know, they do exist. I think people agree on that, and that's why they've gone away. Mm. It's why Amy Schumer isn't a thing anymore, because everyone <laughs> just went, oh, yeah, she's not funny. Um, and so there is that. But, like, for instance, like you said, the, the Jackass one's a prime example there. There are a lot of people who are, like, going, I don't get it. I don't get what's funny about it. And you go, right, he gets hit in the face with a giant high-five hand. How is that not funny? And But people who don't find it funny, and just go, because it's just someone getting hit in the face with a high-five thing. Yeah. In my brain now, I'm just laughing at the sheer yes, mentioning of it. But it is, because it killed me in the cinema. Right, but it's not. But it is. But you don't find it funny, but it is that, funny. That's, but no, this is the thing. It's, it's not, it's not funny. It's, I don't find that funny. Um, yeah. And, and Mark, you, with you, it's not, it is, it's, well, I do find it funny. Yeah. It is that. It is that. It, it, it's the well, I, I do, and it, it, it's it's also it. it I, I feel like we pick on this this guy sometimes, and I'm, and I'm not. I don't mean to because I actually do quite like his work. But Kermod used to have a very irritating thing um, oh, with regards laughs. to pardon? the six laugh yes yeah. for his comedy thing, and it's like right. So, but the problem with that is. It, it was always, if there was a comedy film, you could go, well, he's going to like this because he's going to, he's going to have laughed six times. Mm. There's been films that I have despised, but I've laughed more than six times at. Mm. And it, it, it used to, it used to bug the shit out of me when he, when I used to listen to him and he used to review comedy because before he even started it, I could be like, well, he's not going to like this. Yeah. He's not going to like this. An example being, um, for instance, the American Reunion film. I actually quite liked it. I thought it was quite charming. Mm. And I laughed easily enough at it. It did exactly what it said on the tin. It was an American Reunion film. Um, I've watched it more than two or three times. Uh, and this actually made me want to watch it again now. But I knew straight away when Kermo started talking about it that he wasn't going to like it because it's just not the comedy that he likes. No. And that's where... I think what you, the point that Ian was trying to make originally, where film criticism of comedy is almost redundant. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, 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 do you know what? I'll talk about the other film that I watched on Gentleman Broncos Day later on, because I think this ties in quite nicely. I watched a trilogy. A trilogy? A, tri- a trilogy. Oh, go on. It's not the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, baby! Oh. You watched all three? I watched all three Austin Powers <laughs> films this week. Oh, my. How was that? Yes. What a journey. Right. It's weird, because you'd think it's just it's Austin Powers, and your, your thoughts on all the films would, would probably be the same. Nah. Nah. Um... So the first one is weirdly quaint in comparison to the second two. You know, it was this it was this low budget thing which just kind of seemed to sneak up on people, made it like kind of became a bit of a VHS and DVD hit as much as anything else. And apparently um, Jim Carrey was going to be Dr. Evil. The whole kind of like Mike Myers playing both wasn't it wasn't the original idea. Um, and it was kind of like a needs must situation, and it's very sweet. Yeah, literally, they first couldn't afford Harry, could they? No, exactly, exactly. And it, it, it's just it's it's a nice film. I mean, yes, he is propositioning people constantly, but he's also made to look like a bit of a fucking idiot with it all in this one. And then there's Hurley kind of falls for his charms. There's also, frankly, a very good bit where Liz Hurley comes on to him when she's absolutely fucking annihilated. And he's like, no, I can't do that. The the Austin Powers of the spy who shagged me, I kind of wonder whether he would have said that. It's, It's odd. So the first one, solidly funny and the bit where he is having the fight with the guy in the toilet and tom arnold is, thinks he's just taking a massive shit is again insanely funny like it's it's just like where he's like punching this guy going who's number one who's number one and then tom arnold's just in the other stall going like yeah you tell that turd who's boss boy it's fucking incredible and just at the end of the scene, Tom Arnold looks. There's a guy's head in the toilet. And he just looks at him and goes, what did you eat? It's it's so good. It's so good. So then you come to the second one. Where like, Austin Powers had been a massive hit. Everyone was excited for Spy Who Shagged Me. I remember... Um, the Salisbury Odeon that I, I, I frequented at the time, five screens. They were showing two films where, uh, like uh, over the summer, I remember. It was episode one and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Like those two films just had all the screens for like a good few weeks. And it had a teaser trailer which made you think it was a trailer for Star Wars. And it was like, if you see one film this summer, see Star Wars. 
if you see two films, see <laughs> Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. I remember that one, yeah. It's fucking, which is fucking genius. I mean, it's really, really self-aware, very funny. So, you know, there was a lot of anticipation for, for Spy Who Shagged Me. And, you know, it's it's good. You know, like, it's obviously got a lot more production value. Um, it, this one feels like it probably would have been able to afford Jim Carrey if they wanted. You know, Mike Myers is doing a bit more with multiple characters. Obviously, Fat Bastards um, introduced characters not aged particularly well. Um there's also a little fucking Susan of gay panic about all three of the films, which I, I don't think is going to age very well. But with this one, it's I mean, the plot is basically Austin Powers, ability to have sex is stolen from him and he tries to get it back. And I mean, that that's the plot of the film. Heather Graham plays a character who every i swear every single line is her either reacting to a come on or coming on to austin powers um and it just it's suddenly he is literally the sexiest person alive i get that's the character but with the first one he's a fish out of water and people think he's a bit of a fucking idiot and in this one it's just like no it's back to everybody fucking loves him and it, it just, it, 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 that and Fat Bastard, it just, and the, the whole kind of like, there's a Jerry, extended Jerry Springer bit. And it's like, fuck you now. All right. I know I get it. it. It's of its day. It doesn't quite work for me. It's the weakest of the three. And then Goldmember does a great line in physical comedy. There's a lot of just, and again, it, it kind of comes back around to the what you find funny thing. Mike Myers, thinking that Mini-Me is there to kill him, has a fight with Mini-Me, and then just puts him in a pillowcase, and then just smacks him up against shit, and fucking breaks him on a glass table. And, and like, funny. That's funny. There is an amazing bit with they they do this in the second film, but it's better in the third one where him and Mini Me are like uh it, it, like shaded off. I can't I, I can't think of the term. And people are looking and they're just seeing their shadows. And you know it's like Mini Me is like below him and he looks like a dick. And it's like Mini Me's like out looking like a dick, and then Austin Powers is just like slapping his dick, and it ends with it looking like Austin Powers is giving birth to Mini Me, and <laughs> it it's it's so well done, it's so creative. Um, but also Beyonce is better than Heather Graham. Um, she feels more convincing in an ass kicking kind of way. Michael Caine is really, really good support. Not in it as much as I remembered, actually, but he's he's very good when he is. Um, and that, oh God, there's an inspired bit about uh, with Godzilla as well, which which is great. And it just that the hit rate of the jokes with Goldmember is better. It feels more like what I would have wanted out of an uh, Austin Powers sequel than the Spy Who Shagged Me, and also thankfully a lot less fat bastard as well. Um, so yeah, I, I I had a really really good time rewatching these. I'm fully ready for them to be absolutely cancelled in 20 years time. And this is the this is the thing. It's like my father-in-law, 
thinks Mrs. Brown's boys is fucking hilarious. And I'm, I, I'm just like, no, I don't argue with him about it. I, I, I respect the man. He's a, he's a good dude. And it, like, you know, you find that funny. Fine. In 20 years time, 30 years time, when, when Lottie has a partner, I will laugh like a drain at the Austin Powers films. And I hope they're like, this isn't funny, but I'm not going to explain to him why it's not funny. Like I do now. That's I don't right. want to hear it. Um, they have aged. Like I say, there's a bit of gay panic in there. Not a massive fan of that, but it, it's of its time. We, you know, we move on. Um, but yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed my time overall watching them. I don't think the Spy of Shagmi is bad. It just next to the other two, I think it does pale. Um, then I also watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a that's a job. That's a pivot, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it just? Um, I, I've, I I bought the 4K on it on a three for thirty uh, a while back. It looks <laughs> unsurprisingly fucking amazing. Um, I haven't. I, I, it's only the second time I've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. The first time was nigh on twenty years ago. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. It's this fucking melodrama, but every now and then there's some fucking incredible action. You know, um, the the whole them using the moves to express what they're feeling stuff, it is uh, sensational. It's just really very, very good. Um, and yeah, I... I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think other people have probably said it better, but it it's moving when it when it needs to be. It fucking packs a punch when it when it's supposed to. And Chow Young Fat and Michelle Yo, I'm basically just screaming throughout the thing, just like kiss, just kiss. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Um. It, it, it's fuck. It's fucking great, and you could see why it crossed over in the way it did. Um, and I think previously maybe I wasn't as into it because I just wanted some more fucking kick-ass stuff. You know, if if I watched this for the first time when I was like in my late teens, I think maybe I would have been a bit more like, yeah, you because know, at that time I, you know, I was watching a lot of like the the old Hong Kong Legends DVD le- uh, label that, that that was around. Um, yeah. And like I, I particularly remember what, uh, watching Iron Monkey a great number of times, um, and and what maybe wanting something more like that. But this this film, it's like it's using the action to really tell the emotion of the characters, like the whole Zhang Ziyi beating up like that an entire fucking like pub essentially full of guys. And like the rage she's feeling there and the sheer I'm fucking brilliant. I'm not going to let anyone tell me I'm not kind of moved to her there. It's it's so well done. Yeah, it's an absolute banger is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But I don't don't think anybody particularly needs to be told that. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I've talked long enough. That was my week. What a varied week that was. So. That was a strong week, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I had a good time. Bex, uh, what have you watched on your solos this week? Well, surprisingly, given the fact that I've played a 
heady amount of Resident Evil Biohazard. I've actually watched some movies on my own, so. So. Snow. Not Snow. Not The Informer. Not The Informer? No. Um, okay, so, right. Where did we get to last week? We got to here, didn't we? Yes. Okay. So I watched Clue, which I've spoken about many times before. Fucking love Clue. It's a great time, and I will never not love it. It's awesome. Cool. It's so funny. You just hmm. have no like sense of humour. No, clearly not. No. Um, and then because Tim Curry, I watched Legend as well. I I really love Legend. Like it's it's such an odd yeah kids film. Like it's not it's really odd, it's an odd entry in the Tony Scott. Yeah. Like, Tony Scott, uh, Scott. Yeah, I always forget it's um. Yeah, by a prestige director, essentially. Yeah. And then it's just got Tom Cruise Frogging bouncing around. around in a tunic. Yeah. Gold armour. Yeah. Awesome. It's a really fucking odd film, but Tom Cruise is actually really good in it. For the for the part that he's playing and for how, how young he is in it, like, he's, he's not Tom Cruise movie star. That kind of veneer of confidence and, like, charisma isn't there. What's always funny about that, though, is it's... It's one of those films that people, that when people are interviewing Tom Cruise, that they try and throw at him to get him embarrassed about it. And he's like completely not at all. He's very much like, like an interviewer once, you know, mentioned it and mentioned about it. And he was very much like, was kind of almost poking fun. And he stopped and went, have you seen the film? Mm. And the guy was like, "Uh," and he was like, have you not seen it? And the interview was like, well, no, I mean, come on, it's that. And he's like, it's a great movie. It a it's a great, great fantasy movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a film that my kids enjoyed and people come up to me and say that their kids enjoyed or they enjoyed when they were kids. But it's a great film. It's like, what, do I regret doing it? No, it's a brilliant movie. Go and watch it. Mm-hmm. I think everyone should go and watch it. And it's like, he turned it around so quickly to this guy of just going, look, don't take the piss out of me about something that I did that was actually really good. Mm-hmm. You haven't even watched just because I wore a weird outfit in it. <laughs> He's got. Do you remember when um, Rocketman came out and everyone was obsessed with um, what's his face, Tarnagan's meaty thighs? Yes. And he wears the shorts. Tom Cruise has got some like some some squat thighs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In this and and showing them off in his in his like tabard type situation he's wearing. Um, but yeah, Mia Sara's really good in it. She's annoying, but she's supposed to be. Her naivety is supposed to be annoying, and that's what leads to the events of the film. Tim Curry is fucking cracking as the devil. He is so so good and so scary. I I watched this for the first time as as a as a smallish child. I think my parents just thought, ooh, film about unicorns. Let's sit her in front of that, and then yeah, terrifying. Um, but really fucking good. But I would I would strongly recommend you wait until your kids are a certain age before you show them it. But then I think there is benefit in being scared of things that are safe and happen that work out to not be that bad in the end as a child. Yeah. So anyway, legend fab. Um, I watched Bone Tomahawk. Fucking bleak, isn't it? Nice. It is incredibly bleak. It's, it is yep. Yeah. 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 This was when I wasn't very well and was in a haze of fucking misery. Mm. Um, and you texted me, didn't you, and said, "Oh, 
Oh, Tom Hart's a bit grim at points, isn't it? <laughs> and Mishmaka went, is this the groin chopping half? <laughs> him completely in half it comes out of, it literally comes out of nowhere that as well yeah. doesn't it? you watch it going 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 don't know why this is an 18 nothing really that. oh <laughs> oh sweet lord <laughs> but it i mean it is it's really fucking good and you still haven't seen brawl have you no 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 <laughs> should i yeah okay brawl is is incredible but fucking grim <laughs> What is it? Brawling? Brawling cell block. That's rough. It, it, it is. It's, yeah. Oh, so yes. Yeah, so, oh, gosh, yeah, that is. It's the same guy that did Dragged and this, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you weren't a fan of Dragged, were you? No, I thought it was shit. Which I, I thought it was, it was spectacular. That's the one where, yeah, Mel Gibson playing to type, isn't it? No, not really. Isn't he a bit racist and gross, isn't it? Nope. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one then. Anyway, carry on. Um, me and Isabel watched The Conjuring. It's The Conjuring. She's seen it before. It. Uh, of course she has. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's watched all of them. And then me and Isabel watched a film called Suburban Gothic. Oh, with um, tall guy and... Marvel girl. Cat uh, Dennings. Yes. Yes. Tall guy... Matthew Gray Goobler. That's the cunt. Isabel's there going, oh, who is that guy? He's a really famous actor. And I looked it up and I was like, I mean, it's not Isabel. No. He's in. He, he was in Five Days of Summer, wasn't he? I think. Yeah. And he's also, he was in a TV thing, but he was also in another film that I really quite enjoyed. So you carry on, you carry on while I find out what film it is. Alvin the Chipmunks? No. But yeah, I did enjoy that. <laughs> um, Ray Wise plays his dad. Um, so that's always nice. Isn't John Waters in that one as well? John Waters is in it. Jeffrey Coons is in it. It's it's a really fucking odd film. I would very much recommend it because it's fun. Me and Isabel both enjoyed it. We were there like, this is weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. The film I'm thinking of is um, 68 Kill. Oh, okay. With um, Anna Limbacard. Fair play. Um, but yeah, basically, um, he goes back home because he can't get a job. He moves back in with his parents and then he goes to a local bar and starts chatting to Cat Bennings, who asks him if he still sees ghosts. Um, and something happens on his dad's land. I won't go too much into it because I would like you both to watch it. Um, that leads to like weird paranormal shit happening in the meantime he gets told by the family physician that he's no longer going to give him his his blood pressure medication because um because he doesn't need it anymore and he's like oh this condition i've had since childhood i've been taking medication for all these years and he's like yeah i haven't needed it for ages so you're just like oh okay fine that's a whole separate thing Uh, but it turns out that the blood pressure medication wasn't actually blood pressure medication it was antipsychotics and that's why he hasn't seen ghosts in a long time. And that's why he now can. Oh. Is it worth watching this? It's really fucking good, yeah. I'll give it a go. Yeah. It's it's I think I think Netflix have a section in their thing of irreverent comedies. It would definitely fall into that. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah, good times. Um yeah, and then that's well, with the exception of 
the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, which you can hear about in a separate place. Uh, that's all I watched on my own. Cool. Well, we watched, uh, what did we watch? We watched Deep Impact, didn't we? We did. Because Armageddon arrived on um, Disney Star and we decided to watch Deep Impact instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it contains no Aerosmith. Or Liv Tyler. Yeah. Don't mind Liv Tyler's weird energy sometimes, but but not in Armageddon. Oh, she always she's about to cry, though. She does, yes. I was actually in One Night on McCall's, though. Oh, I love my Michael. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deep Impact it, it is. It, it, it's a good disaster film. It's bleak though. Yeah. It's very bleak. It is, yeah. 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 Normally these kind of films have kind of happy endings. No, this one don't. This one don't. This one don't. Mm. It's like, well, wasn't that bad? We lost like half the planet. Oh yeah, that bit where the the, the first bit hits. Yeah. And everyone's dying. It's like. Fuck, this is grim. <laughs> this is not family-friendly Armageddon. This is like... Yeah. This is not... You wouldn't want to watch that with your children. Nope. Um, I mean, because we don't like children, but also because... We watched... Um, we watched a film called Terror Train, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, Bex. we did. Bex, have you seen Terror Train yet? No. Right. I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so are we. Kind of. <laughs> we were kind of intrigued. It's a, a 1980 film. Um, directed by a man called Roger Spottiswood. <laughs> right? Um, and it stars um, Jamie Lee Curtis and David Copperfield. Yeah. Playing a magician. The creepiest mm. magician that has ever existed. I think that's just David Copperfield. It is a little bit. Yeah. Um, the story of it is that at a, a a party, I think it's a New Year's Eve party, isn't it? New Year's Eve slash graduation party. It's no, 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 no. The, the first party. Oh yes. Which we think is a New Year's Eve party, mm. right? Um, a prank is played in a hazing of a um. A frat member, a potential frat member. Uh, what they call? What do they call them? Pledges. pledges. Yeah, a, a pledge. A hazing happens, and the pledge goes a bit wrong, doesn't it? Um, and dances around, screaming in a curtain for an unusual amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that didn't need to go on. For it as didn't as need to go on for as long as that, did it? At all. We flash forward a year's time to a New Year's Eve or graduation party. Yeah. We're not quite sure. Not quite sure. And the movie isn't it's quite fancy, sure. It's fancy dress. It's fancy dress, but it's on a, it's on a. On the titular. On the titular. Train. It's on a train for no reason whatsoever. Um, and then just murder starts happening <laughs> on the train. Lots of murder. And you're going, ah. Oh, Who's murdering? But it's quite clear that it's the guy from the, the opening of the movie that's doing the murdering. But who is he? And where is he on the train? Why is he able to move without people noticing? Um, and bits like that. And then David Copperfield just keeps doing magic. And and But nobody's hired David Copperfield to do magic. So you're there going, oh, is he the guy? And all sorts of bit, aren't you? It's... It's crap, isn't it, <laughs> Becky? It's really, really <laughs> crap. It's not great. Yeah, um, 
Jimmy Lee Curtis is a bit of a dick, but keeps on I fucking David Copperfield. She does keep that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, She's not a bit of a dick. She's the only one that's like all right in it. No, I quite liked um, her friend. Oh, Mitchie. Yeah. Yeah, Mitchie's all right. Uh, who Mitchie. is she? Yeah. It's Michelle shortened to Mitchie for some reason. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she's the most charismatic character in the entire movie. Is that because she's the prettiest character? It could be. With yeah. the exception of Jamie Lee Curtis, who has her own enigmatic attraction situation going on. But you wouldn't necessarily ever class her in the pretty category, would you? Maybe not. She's attractive, but not pretty. Fair enough. I will accept that. Mitchie's just pretty. All the other women in this film are not. There's a weird one who seems to be wearing a pair of 1930s trousers as a dress. Yeah, yeah. That's all she's wearing. That's well. all she's wearing, that. Just the trousers up to her armpits. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah, it's... She can fuck right off with her stupid costume. Yeah, but the best bits of the movie are when Dave Caulfield's just doing some magic. You hate magic. I like magic. Magicians, wankers. Mag- magicians are universally wankers. <laughs> but that doesn't mean to say that magic isn't fun. Magic is fun. Uh, yeah, Terror Train. <laughs> it's it literally, the, the entire hook of it. I'm really tempted to spoiler it so Ian's not tempted to watch it. I want to save him from it. Well, the, 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 there's a bit in it. The, the, the start, the whole, like, the first murder that happens. Um... You actually going, how has nobody noticed that that's a murder? <laughs> yeah. He literally gets stabbed in front of everybody. And everybody just goes, stagging around, 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 goes, oh, you. Slight technical issue. So if it sounds like we're repeating this a little bit, just bear with us. Um, but yeah, Terror Train. Um, it's, yeah, it's just not good, is it, Vex? No. Yeah, I was saying that the, the first murder that happens um, literally happens in front of everybody. And everyone just thinks it's like a big joke. And you watch it going, no, he's clearly being stabbed. He's clearly being murdered. One bit that I did like, though, what? was you know the second murder. Yes. And the body's in the thing, and the train man finds the body in the thing. He's like, oh, and he goes to tell his little train man friend. Yeah. Um, and then he comes back, and the body's gone. And But then the murderer has taken that boy's costume and put it on so he can continue to slip through unnoticed. Yeah, and also as well, everybody seems to want to fuck the murderer in his various guises. Yes. Which is kind of... Which is ironic, given that the hazing is Mm. that they promised him sex with Jamie Lee Curtis and then basically put a dead body in the bed. Yes. They're medical students. It's a cadaver. Yeah, and they they do keep bringing that up and one of them's name is Doc. Doc. And he's a dick. (laughs) He's a dick. (laughs) Yes. Um, We also rewatched Chef. Food porn. Yes. Um, Chef's Indeed. fucking brilliant. This made me so fucking hungry. I it, want a Cubanos. I want a Cubanos right now. now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chef is great. It, it, it's, again, if you are into food or anything like that, it is just joy on screen. Uh, but with only quite a heartfelt story within it. it is, there, is, there is sections of that film, though, with, with like the way that it's shot and the music and the lighting and all that kind of stuff, that it's like... This is fully, like, not suitable for work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it it is. And it it, it is all the food bits. Him making a fucking grilled cheese. Oh, eat the shit out of that grilled cheese. You're watching it and you literally, you you can see why he just starts eating it as the kid. Yes. Um, But we have to put Chef before on here. Now, decent segue here. (laughs) We watched uh, Some of All Fears, didn't we, Becky? We did. Yes. Um... 
completely not not realizing that it had any link to our next main review <laughs> um, without that. But yeah, we watched some of All Fears, which is the I think the only uh, Ben Affleck uh, entry into the the Jack Ryan films. Um, I actually really quite enjoyed this. I did as well, actually. Yeah. Um, we watched it in three bits, didn't we? Because I kept being ill. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we had to watch this it. This is Mark's poorly film. <laughs> I had to watch it in three separate bits. Mm. But I like the fact that it doesn't make Jack Ryan into a, a superhero. Yeah, he's not like an action guy. No. He's, it, a, he's an analyst nerd. Yeah, and it, it keeps him as that. But he's capable, but not super capable. Like, they yeah. try and make him in other bits, in yeah. other of the of the Jack um, Ryan films, uh, particularly uh, the, the one they did with Chris Pine. Mm. Uh, where essentially they just tried to make him Jason Bourne. Yeah. Um, but then it's also there are long sort of swathes of the movie that aren't even that he's barely even in. He is almost like a side character mm. for like a, a big part of the movie, um, and it, it very much centers around the espionage element rather than the um, anything else, the political elements. I think more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I really quite enjoyed yeah. uh, some of our fears. Um, it's on. It was a Disney Star movie for the week, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah nice. And then we went on um, on Wikipedia to check out the the Jack Ryan cinematic universe. And it's like, what the fuck? Why is why is this in there? Yeah, uh, and that segues quite nicely to um, mm. to our why. That was good. Well, that was a gorgeous segue. Was wasn't it? <laughs> um, it's almost like we're professionals. Um, let's, let's not go crazy. Uh, without remorse, um, or also known as Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, um, is directed by uh, Stefano Salima. I'm going sure. with that. Fuck it, I'm going with that. But he's written by uh, Taylor Sheridan and Will Stapes, uh, which is quite interesting because it adds another layer of intrigue onto it. Uh, it stars Michael B. Adds John. About Jim- half an inch to your boner. It, uh, I'd say a full inch. Um, Max, what, like, you, what would you say? I don't, I don't really get a Lady Boner over Taylor Sheridan. No, I, I, I meant about Mark's Boner. But, um, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he has got a big thing. You've got the measure app on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with that man's name attached is like, yes. Yep, sold, sold. <laughs> um Yes, yeah, so Michael B. Jordan, uh, Jerry Bell, Jordy Turner Smith, um, everyone's favourite Cam Gigande, uh, and Guy Pierce. Barely. I mean, Cam Gigande. I can't believe you just mentioned that he stars in it. Stars is quite the. Uh... <laughs> it's 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 almost as bad as when um, Joseph Gordon Levitt's name appears in the credits of H2O after he's out of the movie. <laughs> Mm. Uh, what's it about? Um, well, for a start off, <laughs> IMDb has got the character's name wrong. What does it say? John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on the path well, to avenge his, <laughs> his wife's I, murder only to it's find a bit of a spoiler. Inside it's not a larger wrong, conspiracy. It's a bit of a spoiler. Yes. It is a little bit that. Sorry. He's but, called. Yeah. John Kelly in the movie. Mm. Uh, and yet the story is about him going uh, essentially on a rampage um, to find out why his wife, uh, his heavily pregnant wife, was uh, was murdered. Um, 
partially when they were trying to murder him. Um, and he ends up uh, caught up in what essentially is a conspiracy. Um, Ian, without remorse, um, it's it's taken a little bit of a kicking from some critics. Um, should they all stop being sniffy little weirdos? I mean, you know, it's... I, I, I can see why some people would not be super into it. You know, if you're not into your, your Tom Clancy brand of film, uh, and if you're less forgiving of this film's maybe more derivative storytelling... Uh, then I could see why you would potentially have a problem with it. You calling me a sniffy little weirdo? What? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think that's maybe... I, I, I think that's maybe a, a touch harsh, but... I really fucking enjoyed it, but it might be because I was like pleasantly surprised as much as anything else. Um, mostly for the fact that Stefano Salima stages his big scenes really fucking well. Um, the action or the violence is really quite visceral without being like bloody and gory and tortury or anything but it's fucking tense and it looks good um i also thought jordan was really solid in it um like yes i'd like to see that character do more please i like the way that this he's got a really good arc in this where he essentially needs to learn to stop being a bulldozer, mm. which I I, re- I really liked. Jodie Turner-Smith, I thought, was fucking brilliant in this. Um, really, really physically capable. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a great moment in it whereby... Um, you think that um, that Michael B. Jordan is going to come and save her, and it's done. And I thought yeah. that was very much like well fucking done film. Yeah, yeah, quite. No, she's done. And I was worried that that that, 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 that was what was going to happen, mm. and it's going to be like no, she's she's very capable of her job. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It, it, it's um, I, yeah, I thought I, I thought story wise it's not super interesting like the who is the turncoat is just insanely fucking obvious and it was a bit don't try and make us actually think that's a twist film um but aside from that i thought it was a really good couple of hours i really enjoyed my time with it i i uh tom clancy's rainbow six yes i will watch the fuck out of that 
yeah, I was very excited during that moment. <laughs> Becky, explain all the reasons why you're wrong. It's a, it's a really weird one because I'm not going to sit here and deny it. it's very well acted, it's very well made, it's, you know, the, the sequel setup is really well done. Jodie Turner-Smith is really good. Michael B. John, really good. I'm not going to sit here and deny any of those things. The story is just not there and it's not, what is there is not engaging. It just isn't, it's just, the bit that's interesting is, is like, yeah, it's just not, it's just not interesting. They just try to basically trick everyone into thinking that Russia's this massive threat again. Isn't, which is, is, isn't that basically the sum of the, the plot of the sum of all fears as well? It's the plot of a lot of Tom Clancy's work. Which is, you know... I, I, but I, also I'm, I'm the, the the russia thing just needs to find a new fucking enemy to write about it is boring and it's played out yes possibly it's, i suppose know. the yeah i mean this is the thing that that, that the, the story beats are quite derivative but i think it's surprisingly turns the focus onto the character where he's like I can't just go in and be the guy who's going to do the badass shit and then it's just going to like fucking die. Like I, I I need to be playing a bit more four dimensional chess than that and realizing that it's not necessarily America versus Russia. It's, you know, as he kind of sets up in the mid credits thing, you know, it's let's all pull our resources to, defend the greater good you know and and like the idea of that the fact that he's he's essentially realizing that okay it's not just the people over there who can be a problem and some of the people over there can actually be it can actually be friendly it's you know it can be the people here as well there is shit everywhere it feels like at the start of the film he hasn't realised that by the end of it, he has. Mm. And he's had to have quite the fucking sacrifice in order for that point to be enforced for him. Um, so I get it. I, I 100% get that. But I, I I can see why Michael B. Jordan was attracted to this character through that arc. I, 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 I would say, but I get what you're saying, Bex, at the same time. Story, there's an interesting story in there. I just I don't think it's teased out enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's left under this kind of generic wash of clumsiness, which fine if if you're into that, fine. It, but it just it just wasn't for me. Fair play. But really well acted and really well done. I really wanted to like it because I like Michael B. Jordan. I like um, Jodie Turner-Smith. Everyone's really good in it, like Jamie Bell. It's very well done. It looks nice. The effects are well done. I really wanted to like it more, but it's the, the story's not there to, to keep you or to keep me in it. That's fair. I, I think I would say out of the, the, the three of us, this is very much more my wheelhouse. Um, Tortured mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as well, it's... There's been a lot of um, 
people sort of throwing it and saying that it, it, it's it's harking back to 90s um, like action thrillers. Yeah, and the thing is, it's actually not. That that's that's the bit people are missing. It's actually harking back to that that little period of um, of the early noughties where you had a lot of these type of movies coming out, but were focused on the Middle East. Mm. And this instead is that type of movie focused on Russia. Russia. Um, but then it, it, it's that thing of um, these things come in waves. You know, we, for a good 15 years, it was constantly movies about the Middle East, and that got very, very boring. Mm. And now we've gone back to the Russia thing. It's back to the Russia thing. The it Russia is thing back has been to the, done the, before. The, Leave it alone. The Russia thing, but it's yeah. I, I can see why. It, I can agree that the story is quite it is quite basic, mm. uh, it, it very much is. But then thrown in with that, a, I think you've got a very competent, a very not very competent. That's that, that seems like a doubt and fair prayers. A a cast which can easily elevate this. Yeah. Um, and also you've got a quite a visceral um, director and storyteller. Mm. Um, the reason why I like uh, Taylor Sheridan as a um, as a storyteller is he's incredibly uncompromising. Mm. He will do st- shit that will make you go, oh, fuck. Like him setting fire to a car and then fucking walking in it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Which was a, a holy fuck, but then Talk to the guy literally by by threatening to shoot him, but fucking shooting him a couple of times. And then the scene of the scene that was fucking breathtakingly brilliant was him just when he, he hears the Russian voices outside when he's in the cell. And he starts psyching himself up to get himself yeah. ready. But there's a bit where it, it's not a it, it's he's he's worried. Hmm. Because at one point he he starts hitting himself in the side where he's been shot, and it's essentially, look, can I fucking still do this? You know, it's I know mentally I can do this. Physically, can I still do this? And then you've got the shot of him putting his shirt in the what is it, wrapping the shirt the, the shirt around his hand, and him just going, right, come on, get the fucking adrenaline pumping, go, but also making it harder for them by put by making the floor wet. But then you're also as well by doing that, you're giving a director who is very good at atmosphere. Mm. You're giving a director essentially just fucking coolness all around him, an ability to make things look fucking cool. Um, that works really well. It does again, similar to Mitch the Machines. It, it, the first sort of forty minutes of it are better than the what is it? The, oh. I was expecting yeah, the but the, the the final kind of battle scene you get mm. feels a little bit too contained. But then once he gets out and says, "Look, they're only looking for a so- they're, they're looking for soldiers. I'm not a soldier. I'm a fugitive to these guys." Him on the fucking roof thinking he's gonna die mm. is really good, and it, yeah. it's it's Michael B. Jordan manages to both be portray incredibly competent at this but have a very a very noticeable vulnerability mm. as well you are watching it going no he might die 
And he, mm. he gets injured. He needs help. He doesn't manage to get shot and just be able to run it off. It's the There's a believability to him. I, I genuinely think with Michael B. Jordan, we are watching the becoming of a fucking all-time <laughs> great. Bless you, brother. <laughs> it, it, he is always fantastic in everything he's in, but is showing range across so many different things yeah. that it's it, it's quite astounding at how, how good he can be in these things. Um, but then I think Ian referenced it when we were chatting on, on text. The um, the shot of him where him and the, the Russian guy, essentially the Russian mirror image of him, mm. um, where they're both down and you've got the torch spinning round. Yeah, yeah. That is is, it's the tension mm. that it builds is just... Yeah absolutely fantastic and this is it if you have if you have a story your story doesn't need to be overtly twisty or or to go everywhere if you can just make things work really well with that and i I like the way that without remorse works within that and then i don't I, i i i'll be honest I don't even know that much about what Rainbow Six is about. But you're well but excited. Fucking hell, I am excited. <laughs> and I was hitting Becky during the mid credits going, it's Rainbow Six. He's announcing Rainbow Six. And it's just because, I, fuck it, I will take more of this movie. Um, yeah. I am now, weirdly, without noticing it, I am four for fucking four um, on um, Stefano Semolina there. Because I really liked uh, Sicario, um, Day of Soldado. Is it as good as Sicario? No, it's not. What? Can I just say, I love that you just called him Stefano Semolina. Did I? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it kind of did. But Samora is fantastic. Um, and I didn't realise it was him who did uh, All Cops of Bastards. <laughs> I, said, I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard of that film. Great title. It's, it's called ACAB, All Cops Are Bastards. Nice. Um, and it is it, it's it's a, a, it's a drama about how Italian police are just bastards, and it's really it, it's quite good. It's well worth uh, time. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hate this. I just wanted it to be better. And I'm I am excited about the continuation of like if, if they are doing like more movies with him, the Rainbow Six kind of vibe. Fine, as long as it's not the fucking Russians again and it's got a bit more of a story. Well, let's see. But yeah, I, I, but I think I think this film already had me. It had to lose me, and it very much didn't lose me. I yeah. was, I was, I, I really enjoyed it, and I, 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 I would have been very happy to see this in a cinema. I think it is very cinematic, and I think a lot of the time these movies that end up end up on Netflix or end up on what is it? Sometimes, not all, but sometimes can feel like they're a a Netflix movie or a Prime movie. Mm. This service movie. doesn't. I can see why um, Net, why Amazon have bought it because they very much want the. They seem to really. I think I just think that Jeff Bezos really likes Tom Clancy novels <laughs> because Amazon has a bit of a boner for Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to watch that. I the, don't. The advertising's got me. But I don't because a, it's a series and mm. it's got that man with a weird face. Mm. Um, Oh, what? John Krasinski? Yeah. He looks like a failed Mr. Potato Head. He, 
It, but in like a really hot way. Oh. But he does look a little bit like that. I don't think he does. He does a little bit. He does. It's like if if Mr. Potato it's it, it basically he looks like if Mr. Potato Head had a son and it was Chet Hanks. That is what he looks like. I don't think he, he does. You're just being mean. I've not been mean. The guy's doing really well. It's Barbie Cornish in it. And new, new, new I'm not gonna watch a TV series. <laughs> oh, you watch fucking Sons of Anarchy religiously. You can shut up. Yeah, probably. Uh, right. So where are we, everybody? Because I'm definitely yeah, not shit, obviously. Yeah, definitely not shit. Really enjoyed it. Oh, I hate to do it. I hate... You say shit? No, God, no. No, but it's... Because it's... <laughs> if you were not bad, I would punch you right now. I mean, it's definitely not shit, but it's not our rating, definitely not shit, which is essentially great. So you're touching cloth. So I think it's touching cloth, yeah. Well, but it is, it is definitely not shit. I mean, fuck you. By the definition of the term. I mean, fuck you. Gotta get any. <laughs> Got a fucking cold. I want anyway. <laughs> uh, our audience poll. Uh, Definitely shit. Thirty-three percent. Touching cloth. Thirty-three percent. Wow. <laughs> shit. Thirty-three percent. What about the other one percent? They, they, they agree with me. Um, <laughs> we do have a question. Okay. Uh, I, I've lost it, though. Uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick Jacob, uh, after mediocre response to without remorse, the wrong mediocre response to without remorse, uh, is it time to leave Tom Clancy novels alone? No. No. More. It's not more. Do more. Do more, do more. more. better. We need more films that are just... That we need more films... For people like me who just want to watch a good fucking film, a good thriller. It's not a good thriller. It isn't a good thriller. It absolutely isn't a good thriller. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent enough action movie. It's not a good thriller. The story's not there. For a thriller, you have to have a meaty story, and this just doesn't have it. Make more, but fucking make them better. Well, no, because stuff like the... Uh, I mean, the Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit was a bit crap. Oh, that was Kenneth Branagh, wasn't it, that one? Ew. Yeah. I mean, it had Best Chris in it, but it wasn't quite there. Some of the we liked. The Clear Presence Danger and Patriot Games are, are quite good. Oh, God, yeah. No, the the older ones, yeah, fine. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great, but... Do you know what? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to hear a harrowing story? Go on. Right? Clear and Present Danger was the movie my dad took me to see to announce that him and my mum were getting divorced. <laughs> Fucking hell. Did he tell you before or after the film? <laughs> after. Told him halfway through. <laughs> oh, by the way, kid. Yeah, that was literally, that was, that, that, was, that was how it got announced. My dad going, when you got the cinema tonight and me thinking, this is fucking weird. So you already knew shit was up, didn't you? <laughs> yes. I went to see four films in my life with my dad at the cinema. Um, Honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Clear and present danger. The divorce film. Saving Private Ryan. What did he announce then? And the thin red line. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. We went to see that and then we went to um, the Hot Grove for dinner and that's when it got. So he didn't tell you in the car journey on the way there. He told you in the Hot Grove. Yes. Okay. 
but then with you like, do you want to go play in the... No, I, 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 I have never in my life been in a, um, a, a pub wacky warehouse kids play thing as well. You never went in Deep Sea Den? Nope. Fucking hell. Becca came from a broken home. We didn't go to Deep Sea Dens. But you were there with him then. No, I... I oh, wait, cheers, Dad. I was, I was like 12. <laughs> you never went to, like, the hot girl before that as a family? What? Before the divorce day. No, they got divorced because I lived in an unhappy household. <laughs> so no, we didn't go out. <laughs> well, you did when you used to sit in the car and read shoot magazine while your family went and did family stuff. Yeah, that was that was before all the misery. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh baby. I'll, what? I'll take you when when they inevitably open an adult version of the, like Wacky Warehouse or something like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you. We'll go down the side. Another thing that the reason for, for why I might not have win was my childhood misery of just like whenever they wanted to go play, and I just went, that sounds terrible. No. So they just let me stay in the car and reshoot magazine. Oh, Deep Sea Den was great. There was like big punching bags, and when you punched them, they made funny noises. I still think I am banned from the Shipton's Cave for the rest of my life. Yeah. After having well, an argument with the man. There. I'm not going there. Fucking boring. It's a scam. It is a scam. Yeah. I told that man I was a scam, then I was told I was never allowed to go again. Do you want to go to Brimham Rocks? I'm all right. No. Do you want to, do you want to sit in the car and reshoot? I magazine? do want to sit in the car and reshoot, <laughs> I can see. Um, Miserable cunt. What, what are we covering next week, Ian? Uh, so next week we are going to be uh, watching a very cursed film. Um, the Johnny Depp starring uh, Tupac Shakur murder investigation film, if I remember correctly. Uh, City of Lies, and will also be. So am I. So am I. Um, And we'll also be uh, watching Doomsday. Yay! And I think we're going to cover the what's that Amanda Seyfried one that's arrived on Netflix that that we watched the trailer for the other day. Oh, we're doing that, are we? Okay. Oh, you sound so excited. It actually looks like to remind me. It actually looks quite good. Things heard and seen. Ian, Ian, yeah. it's a bath watch. I'll tell you that now. It's a what? Bath watch? Oh, okay, fine. It's got Natalie Dyer in it, Ian. Don't you like her? Or am I thinking of someone else? You must be thinking of somebody else. The girl from um, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't her that I was thinking of. Who's the funny face one that was in Game of Thrones? Oh, Natalie Dormer. That's it. Oh, yeah, she's, she's all right. Ow. But yeah, it looks quite quite interesting. Okay, all right, all right. Bath watch. Um, uh, Mark told me with bath watch. What's a bath watch? You're watching the bath. Why would you watch film in the bath? It's a place treadmill watch. Why are you not on a treadmill? <laughs> what? Am I allowed? <laughs> I don't understand. What do you allowed? What do you mean? I, I, I don't understand. Why is he replaced having going on the treadmill and exercising with going in the bath? I don't bath? think he has. Oh. It's just bath watch has been like a a little a little thing for you recently. Yeah. Don't you get worried about yeah. like dropping you, your iPad in the in the bath? Or do you have one of those like super crappy phones that go across? I've always wanted one of them. It's my phone. It's waterproof. Oh. But you have one of those trays that people store like soaps and stuff on that go it's not across like drop the it bath. Anyway. Nah, Lots watches watches her iPad in the bath, but she just has a protective case over it and she just sticks it behind the taps. Such a great idea, that. Actually. Not a bad idea. Yeah, it's quite solid, that. <laughs> right, 
That was that episode 396. <laughs> <laughs> Went a bit weird towards the end, that one. You've expunged some deep trauma on, on today's show. Oh, trauma? Oh, if you want fucking trauma, I can give you trauma. Let, let, let's say that for another week. <laughs> that was that was a that was a that was a fun childhood memory. <laughs> oh, babe. Uh, yes, that's what we've got coming next week. Uh, thank you much for joining me, Rebecca. Thank you for hosting. And thank you much for joining me, Ian. Thank you kindly, sir. Uh, and yes, thank you much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>